Welcome to the Business Podcast of the American Chamber of Commerce in Australia. AmCham Business Podcasts are hosted by Dr. Duff Watkins. Duff is a director of Exec Search International and author and is also on the AmCham Council of Governors. AmCham, bringing business to you. Hello and welcome to the AmCham Business Podcast. Today we discuss the topic comedy at work. Are you kidding me? Comedy? Comedy at work. Hello, my name's Duff Watkins. I'm your host of the AmCham Business Podcast, and today our guest is Rodney Marks. Rodney Marks is, well, quite frankly, folks, he's a fraud. He's a fool. He's a clown. Or what he actually is is a corporate comedian. And uh, welcome, Rodney. Good to have you with us today. Thank you, Duff. You, you forgot to say that we're friends. Yes, yes, that's true as well. Because in the age of, you know, corruption inquiries and uh, uh, transparency, uh, uh, one needs to lay bare uh, any conflicts of interest, then the fact that you called me a fraud uh, was in fact the truth. Um, that you said that I was a liar for hire, um, well you didn't say it in so many words, but you, 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 uh, I inferred that you implied it, um, is in fact the truth. And I meant it as well, especially the bit about the fool. Now, Rodney, you're a is corporate that, is comedian. Is that fool with a capital F? <laughs> you're a corporate comedian. Now, I've known you for a long time. Exactly what is it that you do? Tell me again. Thank you for asking. I perform my genre of comedy, uh, which is the corporate imposter or the comic hoax, at business events of all sorts. Major conferences, small boardroom functions, cocktail parties, awards nights, uh, seminars, conferences, colloquia. You know what a colloquia is, uh, Duff? Uh, no, but it's more than one. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, okay, so, so you're an imposter, so corporate comedy, you, 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 um, you are an imposter of what? Walk me through that. So, how does it work? I'm introduced, uh, for instance, uh, as a, uh, an executive search consultant of the highest level well-credentialed Yale graduate with a doctorate from another country. Now we're talking. And uh, um, uh, into a room full of uh, ambitious people who might be interested in meeting such a person, such as me or, or even you. And, uh, or it could be the new chief executive, the new board chairperson, a management consultant from McKinsey's or Booz or Boston Consulting Group, somewhere prestigious. And it's a prestigious. hoax. It's all an act. It is an act, but the act is not exposed for some hours mm -hmm. and occasionally for longer than hours. Mm -hmm. But usually it's about a four-hour engagement. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's a, it's a dinner. I might turn up at five, attend the last hour of a conference, uh, have uh, pre-dinner drinks from six, um, the first part of a dinner, and over the main course deliver a keynote address. Mm -hmm. And that might be on the future of the company, it might be delivering the, uh, uh, the financial statements on behalf of the CFO. Uh, it, it might be uh, delivering the strategic plan on behalf of the CEO. Uh, it might be delivering a report from the shareholders on behalf of the, the, the chairman or the chairperson. Um, and so people are engaged. My, mm -hmm. my yeah. character has uh, stature and they've met him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's introduced by someone very important um, to the group. Uh, perhaps someone not known for their sense of humour. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, usually people get to senior executive positions because they have a sense of humour, because a sense of humour shows that you understand ambiguity and uh, um, 
They learn to control their impulses, to tell mm -hmm. the jokes that are perhaps inappropriate, um, but they're still consumers of humour. Mm -hmm. And uh, then my presentation, my performance, mm -hmm. has three elements to it. I tease the industry or industries in the room, mm -hmm. the organisation or organisations in the room, and about a dozen individuals. Mm -hmm. And at different parts on that story arc, different members of the audience get it. Mm -hmm. So the laughter is like dominoes. Um, after about a third of the way through, the, uh, maybe a third of the people have got it. And the other two thirds are uncomfortable. Because mm -hmm. even though my characters are idiots, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a general, he's a senator, he's a judge. You mm -hmm. know, what, will, what will he think of us laughing at him? So there's, there's a kind of a complex and subtle um, interrelationship within the audience. Also, I uh, am the beneficiary of unsolicited help. So you might be uh, um, suspicious that I'm a put-on, mm -hmm. um, but I might say to you, no, 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 I saw him on ABC News last night. Mm -hmm. He's the real deal. And so people in, in this environment, whether it's in the US or Australia or Britain, um, they, they buy into the, the leg-pulling aspect of it, mm -hmm. and it becomes a... It becomes a co-creation, partly for the way I just described, and partly because, like like all experienced comedians, I have more material that I can use in a particular time slot. Yeah. So you might have, you know, after mm -hmm. a lifetime, you might have four hours of material, and a forty-five minute slot. Mm -hmm. So you begin, you know, if you're doing a club, and I, I still do clubs and pubs and, and mm -hmm. festivals. If, you, if you're doing that, I do a joke about um, first date and a joke about divorce. The audience laughs more at the divorce than the first joke. Okay, I know where they're at. Mm -hmm. uh, I do a joke about politics. They don't laugh so much. I do a joke about, you know, um, the, the location, the city in which we're in. They laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. So the audience sub-edits mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. word processes you as you go through. At a corporate event, you might do a gag about, about the boss. You might do a gag about marketing or finance or operations and production or strategy or, you know, um, the bureaucracy or the competitor and then you go where the laughs are in that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a co-creation, mm -hmm. and it's, um, that's why people like live work, mm -hmm. yeah. because it, it's I, in I the have, moment, it's energising. I have seen you work a few times, and what strikes me is that when you're getting up pretending to be an expert, you speak just enough nonsense that stays within the bounds of credulity, that it, it, you're sitting there thinking, well, I, I, this sure sounds like B BS, but maybe it's not, and then, and then as you go on, it gets more and more preposterous, and then the audience slowly, gradually begins to get it. Is that a pretty common example? That, that's, yep. I, in fact, I want to listen to what you just said and write it down, <laughs> because that's going to be in some marketing material of mine in the future. Well, g give, me a, give me an example. Uh, tell me how it works, in fact. Just, just give me one example, say, uh, um, from a, a corporate hoax. Hoaxes and jokes is your business, I know that. So. Um, yeah, tell us, tell us, uh, give us an illustration. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to be here um, at the American Chamber of Commerce in Australia. And as you know, uh, industry associations, chambers of commerce, those uh, 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 involved with clubs and uh, 
um, other sorts of affiliations in the nonprofit sector are struggling. And the American Chamber of Commerce uh, has uh, has formed not just a strategic alliance, but uh, uh, almost a merger and acquisition relationship with another a number of other chambers of commerce. And and from uh, henceforth, there'll be a. Um, uh, a new uh, industry association, which will be the Australia-Israel Chamber of Commerce, the, uh, uh, the British-Australian Chamber of Commerce, and the Brazilian-Australian Chamber of Commerce, along with the American Chamber of Commerce in Australia, formerly known as AmCham, all, all combined. Um, it's just going to be called CHAMCham. Um, because we don't want any uh, hierarchy. or Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you get when you're sitting in the audience listening to him spin this complete and utter nonsense that starts off sensibly and then all of a sudden it goes into the realm of preposterous. But it is amazing how many people will bite and buy in on that. Uh, you, you know, there's a question time at the end of, of uh, my performances and it's an opportunity for people, the funny people in the audience, to be funny mm-hmm. and get revenge, not so much on me, mm-hmm. but on, if you were the booker, it would be on you, Duff. Yeah, you, yeah. You know? And they'd say, oh, what do you think of Duff's tie? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is Duff the sort of guy you would trust in the future, given that he's just involved, been involved in teasing all, all his friends and, and in a comedy of betrayal? And, and it, it's a fun way for people to bring out their inner child but also to momentarily and appropriately forget their business card details. They're just people. Mm-hmm. And, and the boss is a person, and the, the uh, uh, personal assistant is a person, and the chief you mm-hmm. know, marketing manager is a person. Everyone is, is human. And, and that's an important uh, reminder. And, and it, it, through laughter, there is some cohesing of the group, a shared experience, and mm-hmm. uh, people recall uh, not just my performances but other comedy performances uh, years later. Oh, you remember that day when he paid out the boss or, mm-hmm. you know, things that, even though the boss may well have been the booker, mm-hmm. the boss pays comedians to humanise her or him and, and to remind their uh, subordinates that when they tell you to do something or say, join me on this journey, it's not about power that's, that's uh, egotistical. Mm-hmm. It's because that's their job. Mm-hmm. And they're just in that role. And you're in your role, so let me do my job and you do your job and we go together. Mm-hmm. But underneath it all, we're not our business cards. We're people. Okay, so why... Okay, I, I know that you are a trained actor. I know that you have a master's degree from Harvard, and I know that in order to pull this off, this hoax, you have to appear to be astute and knowledgeable, which means you have to do some homework and research. But let me ask you this. Why would a company, why should a company, pay for your brand of corporate comedy? Why not just hire, I don't know, stand, stand-up comedians or strippers or whatever they used to hire in the old days? Well... I think um, that entertainers have always had to be tailored if they're going to be successful in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So there's been comedians and ventriloquists and jugglers and so on on the the business circuit in the US Mm -hmm. for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not, this is not, so you know, you can imagine the juggler would be given a brief, okay, we're using you for a metaphor, lots of our troops have to uh, multitask, show us how to keep a lot of balls in the air. 
you can imagine that the ventriloquist, ventriloquist, hopefully the ventriloquist could say ventriloquist better than yeah, I can say than you, ventriloquist, yes. um, would, would be uh, told to play perhaps the customer um, uh, as well as uh, have a customer doll as well as a staff doll and, and do some role playing there in a safe way. And comedians forever will have had to have humanised the workforce, um, celebrated success, um, made sure that those people who were uh, too big for their boots were taken down a peg or two. Mm -hmm. um, so I fit in um, a, a corporate tradition that is as old as organised workplace, and I fit in a, a comedy tradition that goes back throughout history mm -hmm. and and uh, presumably in prehistory, although because, Duff, and you would know this as a Yale graduate, when it's prehistory, it means there's nothing written. Wait a minute, slow down. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got that, thank you. So, for instance, my favorite characters in, in literature are Polonius from Shakespeare's Hamlet, who was the prime minister of the court, um, and who said lots of eloquent things that meant nothing. He was the original waffler or double talker. Mm -hmm. um, and my other favourite character is uh, from uh, 16th century uh, Italian uh, uh, improvised theatre, mask theatre called Commedia dell'arte, and that character is Il Dottore, the doctor. Mm -hmm. So the well-credentialed, you know, blustering fool who uses big words, again, mm -hmm. that, are, that are empty, weasel mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. um, so, so my characters are like that. Too often in the workplace, um, someone full of puff um, says things that are important and pompous um, and empty, but they can't be um, they can't be called to account within the uh, normal organisational framework. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not only politically incorrect; it might be career suicide. Mm, yeah. But a comedian can say things because you just come in and then you go out. And a comedian can say things on behalf of. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if the boss wants uh, there to be more plain talking uh, amongst, uh, amongst staff, might hire a comic hoaxer. Uh, if he wants uh, there to be uh, more straightforward behaviour, not walking on eggshells, not, not worrying about status, um, but if uh, uh, the, the kid in the mailroom has a great idea, mm -hmm. let's go with the great idea. Let's mm -hmm. not worry about it came from the kid in the mailroom. You know, only the marketing department can have ideas. Mm -hmm. Let's not do that. Mm -hmm. um, so my genre in the U.S. is known as, the, the, as put-on. I'd be a put-on artist there. Mm -hmm. In the Commonwealth, it's known as a, a, you're a corporate imposter or a comic hoaxer. Mm -hmm. In Australia, this genre is particularly popular. Uh, compared to other countries, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's because we like um, to have an egalitarian workforce, mm -hmm. and uh, and so my my characters go on a great journey from being very important to being less than important. The theme that I've seen in your characters, and I've seen a few over the years, is you always appear to deport yourself as the expert. But in fact, the more you talk, and it certainly sounds like an expert at the beginning, but the more you talk, the more it reveals that 
you're full, but not of knowledge. You're full of something else. Bloated syntax, also known as BS. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's the word I'm searching for. And now, why you? Why do? Why are you, as the comedian, allowed to get away with this leveling process in corporate comedy? I mean, I've seen you make fun of the bosses. Look, not only do I make fun of the bosses, sometimes the bosses are the ones who hire me to make yeah, fun yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, and then they pay you for it. Um, uh, I think this is a, a, an ancient role of the court jester mm -hmm. that um, it, it, uh, it, levels, um, it levels the boss. Um, sometimes the boss is terribly removed. You, you, you sometimes hear of, uh, uh, of politicians or like, like presidents and prime ministers who lose touch with mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their electorate mm -hmm. because people are afraid to, to talk to them. But if they surround themselves with people who have no fear because they're actually not reporting to them. They just come in for a short time and then leave. Uh, it's easy to be fearless if it was not your day-to-day -day mm -hmm, deal. Mm -hmm. um, then it's a bit of insurance too. And if there is some BS going around, um, so let's say you're distributing water in bottles. Um, let's say you're distributing Sydney water in bottles and you're charging people $5 a bottle for Sydney water, which they could get from the tap. Yeah? Mm -hmm. This is not a very good product. Yeah? Um, people can see that the cost of the goods sold is like five cents, and the cost uh, to the, the, you know, the market is five dollars. Uh, this is a fraud. But someone in the organisation might think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Everyone's afraid to criticise that someone. But if a comedian comes in and says, look, are you kidding? I can just turn on the tap. What a stupid idea, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Then no one loses face. Um, I, uh, I developed um, in a, a kind of a, a coffee session once with a group of mates a fictitious company called scapegoat.com mm -hmm. and, uh, and a fictitious email address, you know, uh, eblame at scapegoat.com. And so if, let's say, marketing and sales are having a fight, um, uh, you call in a consultant from scapegoat.com, uh, he says, you know what, it's my fault. He's dismissed publicly and summarily on the spot, and emotional catharsis is had by all. Marketing and sales can get on again. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that sort of character hmm. to mm -hmm. uh, just, just through laughter take any sting out of criticism mm -hmm. but also be purposeful so it, it kind of it, it seems to me that you're speaking truth to power and yet somehow you're doing it in the nicest way possible getting a few laughs and picking up a paycheck at the end of it yeah my paycheck is not is not nearly as good as the other people <laughs> who speak truth to power <laughs> management consultants or uh, uh, financial consultants and so on um, yeah. Okay, well, so let me ask. Every company has conferences, seminars, uh, awards night functions. Colloquia. Colloquia. They have those two, I hear. Now, why would... Okay, you think it's a good idea to have some form of entertainment at these major business events. Why? We've lost a sense of ritual um, in daily life as, uh, as we become more secular. And uh, contemporary Western theatre came out of the church. 
Um, I'm sure you know that. Yes. So the the miracle plays from uh, mm -hmm. medieval uh, medieval Britain, um, and now we punctuate our life with other rituals. We need we need things to to mark the passage of time, the the creation of products and services, um, and the progress of people through the ranks. Conferences, annual conferences, mm -hmm. um, major conferences uh, are part of that, but so too are you know, quarterly events, mm -hmm. Friday afternoon drinks, you know, things that, that add structure um, to a, a kind of otherwise amorphous life. So when someone is promoted, when someone retires, uh, when you reflect on what your hard work has achieved, when you've got a particular product or service to market, when you beat the competitors, um, all of these things need to be marked. How are they marked? You, you know, you could you could ask the same question: Why? Why? What's the relationship between um, food and and drink, um, and and business? Why do you need to have um, mm -hmm. awards nights mm -hmm. um, that are uh, that are over a meal? Um, it's part of the the ritualising and the marking of the time. The reason you have awards nights is to celebrate success. Mm -hmm. But surely you could have an email just sent around saying, congratulations, Mary, you're the salesperson of the year. Mm -hmm. doesn't have the same gravitas, mm -hmm. the same marking of time. Um, and to have a singer belt out an anth anthem, to have some, some dancers uh, uh, give some life uh, and, and see things moving in 3D, give you a different perspective on, on what talent is. We talk about talent in the corporate sector as the executives. Mm -hmm. That's that's a, a name taken from the arts mm -hmm. um, and absolutely people are talented they're really good at leadership or they're really good at maths or, or for you that would be math mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know but to see other forms of, of talent talent recognizes talent talent appreciates talent so if you're a talented leader why would you appreciate talented dancers mm -hmm. you know you can you can mm -hmm. uh, uh, see the value in that so I think it's to do with the, the humanising of the workforce, the cohesing of people into teams, and the, the ritualising of um, and, and structuring of time. You know, there are annual reports. There aren't reports just given out every now and then. It's an annual report. Yeah. I think it goes back to what you're saying about the human element of it, how basically businesses are created, run by, operated by humans, and you simply can't get away from the humanness of the people. Now let me ask you this. Okay, you've convinced me. I'm a company or I'm going to have a seminar, I'm going to have an event. You've persuaded me that I need to have some uh, humorous entertainment. So I'd like to hire um, a corporate entertainer, a comedian. Now um, I've never done this before and uh, of course you've been in the business 25, 30 years now. Mm. So you know a lot more about it than I do as the prospective client. What do I, people like me, who are thinking about hiring a comedian, what do we need to know? Um, you need to know whether um, the person, whoever they are, is coachable, mm -hmm. is briefable. Mm -hmm. Will they stick to a brief? Um, that is, are they respectful? So you don't, if you say, we have a no swearing culture, mm -hmm. you don't want them to swear. If you say, we have a, a, a no sexism, no racism culture, you want them to respect that. 
um, if you say we have an ageism culture, you, you know, anti-ageism culture, you, you want people to to fit in with where you're at. Um, if you want your if you're sponsored and the sponsor wants to be mentioned, you've got to make sure that the person will do that. Uh, if they say I can't do that, I've just got a set piece. Mm -hmm. See, if, you, if you're hiring a singer, um, you might say to the singer, show me your song list. And they mm -hmm. might have a song list of 200, mm -hmm. but you've only got five songs they can sing. Mm -hmm. You would work with that singer on that song list and do songs that related to your products and services mm -hmm. so that it was congruent. Well, the same with a, a comedian. You give them the parameters and say, look, I want you to... Um, uh, talk about innovation um, and the relationship between creativity and innovation. I want you to uh, uh, talk about, uh, uh, you know, the people in Melbourne and Perth, how they're different to the people in Sydney and Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And I want you to make Canberra the common enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I can do that. There's nothing moral or immoral about that. That's just a brief. And if a comedian can't do that, or the entertainer can't do that for whatever reason, I should keep looking. Well, yeah, and probably before you even get to speak to such a person, you would check them out. You know, mm -hmm. Nowadays, we're, we're blessed with YouTube and LinkedIn and mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter, and you can, you, you can see examples of people's work. It's not, it's not a matter of um, uh, auditioning someone in a room where there's no audience. You, you want video of them in front of an audience. And if you go to somewhere like LinkedIn you can look at the person's recommendations and write to the people and say, look, you wrote this about that person. But did they have a gun to your head when you wrote that or do you mm -hmm. really believe mm -hmm. what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, th These are verified testimonials. Mm -hmm. uh, so apart from some scandalous times um, when people didn't do reference checking, mm -hmm. you, you've really, yeah... Hmm. It's, it's, um, it's professional. You would brief a management consultant. You would brief your auditor or your, your actuary or your architect. It's a profession. Mm. So you've been doing this for a long time now. What have you learned over the oh. three decades you've been imposing people? You know, I, I, so I guess it's true, which is I know you have so many characters. I know you do different accents. I know you do even different pigmentations. And so it's pretty true what I've heard about your wife. She goes to bed with a different character every night. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's long-suffering, Deborah. <laughs> yeah. 30 years of marriage. Um, what have I learned? I think I've learned that people would like to have fun given half a chance, which is really nice. People, you know, people in nursing homes like to have fun. Mm -hmm. Infants like to have fun. Hmm. Um, my favourite saying for, for many years is, uh, is an old proverb, uh, even the wisest man likes a little nonsense now and then. So, you know, you see the Pope smiling, you see uh, all sorts of captains of industry smiling from time to time. It's not, you know, life doesn't have to be grim mm -hmm. all the time uh, for you to take it seriously. It can be some light mm. and shade. I think of comic relief as not relief from seriousness, but um, like three-dimensional sculpted relief mm -hmm. that it highlights the seriousness, helps you deal with the seriousness. What have I learned? I've learned that it's a privilege to, to 
be the person who who tickles other people. Mm -hmm. Someone has to do it, you know. So it's a role. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm privileged to be in that role, uh, and and to have fun with with large numbers of people, with small numbers of people. But I also am kind of at the stage where I'm. I'm also interested in the theory of humour, mm -hmm. and I've started a, a LinkedIn group called Corporate Comedy, uh, which uh, your members are welcome to join. It's an open group and contribute to discussions and even start discussions. And so I ask people and other people ask people questions like, should the boss open his or her keynote speech with a joke? Um, uh, you know, is it ever okay to be sexist in public uh, through the microphone. Uh, give us examples of jokes that were told badly or mm -hmm. shouldn't have been told at all. And when you go out to the wider community, you realise that is just gold, mm -hmm. absolutely gold. Mm -hmm. That, um, uh, By the way, the general answer was, no, the boss should not always start with a joke. It <laughs> depends on who the boss is. If the boss... <laughs> Is able to carry a joke, good. Uh -huh. Otherwise, don't be formulaic. Just do what you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other ways of of humanising yourself without being humorous. Uh, for example, you could tell a story. Mm -hmm. You know, a warm story. Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a funny story. It could even be a sad story that has the same effect. You put some emotion into your presentation, and so. Um, yeah, I found I found um, the online community as well as talking to people one to one and in small groups about comedy is an endless source of inspiration to me. You can, I can see how um, you know people tell me jokes that were told at their weddings fifty years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I got told a gag of the best man said, um, "Your marriage will work." Uh, as long as there's uh, no incompatibility. That is, as long as he's got the income and she's got the patability. Mm -hmm. Now, that joke's at least 50 years yeah, old. That's a dinosaur. Because, because it was a... But it's a winner. <laughs> and you can kind of see the gags from the, yeah. the 10s, 20s, uh, the 1910s, 1920s, mm -hmm. 1930s, 1940s, jokes before cars and so on about horses and, you, you know, jokes about... Uh, nine, uh, not 9-11, uh, certainly jokes about 9-11 and disaster jokes, challenger, challenger uh, um, disaster jokes, but also uh, Y2K uh, mm -hmm. jokes and so on. Some jokes are the same sort of joke but transferred setup or transferred punchline. And, you know, right through to uh, uh, jokes well, that, that help you cope with 2014. Well, that leads me to ask, I think a lot of people think that comedy is easy, that it's um, simple, that it's um, not demanding. And I myself, I've done a lot of public presentations and public speaking, and what is easy is telling a joke that doesn't work. I can, I've verified <laughs> that and documented it many, many times. Um, what, what is our, what's our chief takeaway today, Rodney, for, for our audience? Well, like all professionals, um, when you're good at something, you should do it, and when you're not, you should delegate or outsource. So, you know, um, uh, if, if you want humour at your event, don't get the funny girl or guy in-house, hire someone professional. You wouldn't necessarily get the 
the, the singer in-house or the, the dancer in-house. You do someone who's doing it full-time. Um, but also that humour is, uh, um, is valuable and not frivolous. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to say that it's important. And, and as I mentioned before, there are other ways of humanising an organisation. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but uh, comedy is one of those mm -hmm. ways, and uh, it's a worthwhile uh, expenditure. Whether you're a non-profit organisation, a, 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 a private sector, or a public sector organisation, mm -hmm. it uh, reminds me of the Danish philosopher Søren Kierkegaard said, "Humor is the great vehicle for truth. Uh, it's how we convey truth in a safe way, and it's a, it's a way of being." Uh, either respectful or disrespectful in a socially acceptable way, and I think that's what I'm that's what I'm picking up from what you're saying today. Why it's a good in and it is valuable. It is it is a great value, a good investment for companies to make. It's more than just a leap of faith. Hmm. 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 Was that Kierkegaard? Maybe not. Yes, Who'd, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, goodness! Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. passed yeah, philosophy you left out one. On that yeah. One, um, it's just I got no acknowledgement. You said. <laughs> I expected a round of applause. Um, anything else that you want to tell our audience today, Rodney? If if people um, want to write their own material, you can do that as well. And you know, maybe get in touch with me. I'll show you how to do that. It's um, you know, there's a lovely gag about about uh, comedy that you need three th things to be successful. Uh, as a comedian, push, luck, and talent, but any two will do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've tried not to believe in talent. I've tried to believe in push or some sort of communication, um, and, uh, and and being lucky. And the, you know, uh, in order to be lucky, I I, I do work. Um, so homework and and so on. Um, if people want to. Uh, learn to be funny, you can learn to be funny. If they want someone to write for them, there are people who write for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if they want someone to coach them on how to deliver presentations, you know, there are people who do that. I'm not a humour coach, I'm not a comedy writer, um, uh, but I'm always happy to talk to people and direct you to, to, uh, uh, direct you to those professionals. Well, you may not be a humor writer, but you have taught at Harvard a course on this sort of thing, so your, your credentials are, uh, uh, are also well documented. We'll finish up here today, folks. Uh, our guest today has been Rodney Marks, a professional corporate comedian. Uh, his business is Hoaxes and Jokes. You can find him online. My name is Duff Watkins, and you've been listening to the AmCham Business Podcast. You've been listening to the Business Podcast of the American Chamber of Commerce in Australia. This podcast is supported by Lenovo and VML. Lenovo is one of the world's leading personal technology companies producing innovative PCs and mobile internet devices. Lenovo, for those who do. VML is a full-service digital marketing agency that can take you where you want to go. Everything we are is in everything we do. This is AmCham, bringing business to you.